welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Soundboards are more fun on your phone. Are they? Uh-huh. Well, Dad's not very good at doing the soundboards. But I am. I know. <laughs> You're probably better than Dad at that. A lot of people are better than Dad on the soundboard. Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of the Making Laps Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Gleason. Sitting in studio with me is actually my family, my son, Raji. Say hi, bud. Hi. And my wife, Megan, who's... Hello. Off in the corner, not next to a microphone, which is my fault. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast, and I'll give you my details later. Anyway, I don't feel like doing the show that we've been doing lately uh, just because I'm not really feeling it tonight, but I'm probably just going to go through, instead of having our lap format, I'm probably just going to go through a list of topics and just get into it that way and just discuss things as they come along. No notes, no no rants written down. Nothing's literally I have nothing written today. Like I've got nothing written. I've got notes. My wife is giving me a horrified look. She's like, "You didn't write anything this time?" Well, I never used to write anything. That's not true. You've been writing pretty much like since episode like 4 or something, 3 or 4. This is not working. We need to get this woman a microphone. I used to do it on episode 2. What the heck? <laughs> I did, you know, episode two was with an old headset. I didn't even have microphones or a mixer. So so to start off this week, we're going to talk about the Granite State Pro Stock Series race that that pretty much opened the weekend of racing up. And friend of the podcast, Ray Christian III, who was on a couple episodes ago, uh, won against two of the best pro stock racers or, or uh, super late model racers, whatever you want to call it. Up here in the Northeast, he beat uh, the two Joeys, Joey Poloarchik and Joey Doiron. I think I completely murdered their names, but uh, to win at Claremont on Friday night in the Independence 100, that was his third straight Granite State Pro Stock Series win. I believe his third straight at Claremont as well, so I guess he's got that place figured out, which is an interesting little track. So good for Ray. I'm happy for those guys. I know uh, Ray and his brother, Jake, they run on our iRacing events for um, the Making Laps podcast truck series, and uh, they're they're typically a lot of fun to race with. So congrats to Ray on that. Um, let's see. Stafford Motor Speedway got rained out on Friday, which was a super bummer because it was going to be a large event for the street stocks, probably the highest paying event that they, I don't know, they may have ever had, and they were going to have, um, I think it was going to be an excellent show, and they it just really stinks that they got rained out because I had my credit card out and ready. I was going to get that, that show on pay-per-view. And yes, bud, can I take your question? Um, I think I need the sounds again. <laughs> no, we are going old school this week, and we're not going to use the soundboard. We're just going to be talking about racing, and that's probably going to be it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> wife comes in clutch <laughs> clutch with the sounds <laughs> uh, so yeah i mean the the street stock 30 was supposed to be at stafford again i had my credit card out and ready i was about ready to get the get the uh uh pay-per-view for that but didn't happen 
Uh, I know a lot of guys have been complaining about the Stafford and Thompson street stock racers coming down and racing there. Um, as a street stock racer from Thompson, I'll give you my opinion on everybody complaining. The only reason you're complaining is because you're afraid of competition and you were a very big fish in a small pond and you're not a big fish anymore. Uh, Get so, man up. <laughs> so, you know, we were, there's a few guys or, and girls, to be fair, who had come from Stafford and we had essentially molded them and taken them under our wing at Sta- or at Thompson. <laughs> Bless you, bud. Bless you. And thank you, you too. And we had, uh, again, taken them under our wing. We'd molded them, and we'd shown them the way of street stock racing in New England. AKA, you beat them. No. Well, they're new. Obviously, they're going to get beat, but they're going to learn a lot of lessons, especially racing against us animals. They're gonna. You're going to be forced to learn a lot of lessons, and I think that um, the two of them that really uh, shine the most were Zach Robinson and Megan Fuller, and. I think it's really translated to a lot of success and a lot of seat time and a lot of a lot of lessons that really brought them into prominence at Stafford. And what's funny is I don't really see those two complaining as much. I mean, I see Zach complaining because he uh, got thrown out for dumping Chris Meyer, but um, I, I I could see why. But again, don't complain if extra competition comes into your racetrack because. How else are you going to make not only yourself better, but your equipment better, your program better, if you don't have competition? And to be fair, I've never seen anybody at Stafford Street Stock Division actually be able to compete at other racetracks like Thompson, where it's faster, where it's rougher, where it's tougher, where you have a lot more uh, strong competitive cars. So... Don't complain about competition. Embrace competition. You want competition because it'll make you better. Well, you'd have more to be proud of, too. I mean, if your field is bigger and you get to the front of that field. Trust me, when you beat the best, you feel the best. So work on your stuff. Don't want, What are you going to do? Send them back where they came from? They don't have anywhere to go right now. If their cars are legal, you know, <laughs> how inclusive of you. You know, we don't like you. Go away. I think NASCAR's having a big problem with that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, after that, why don't we talk about... Again, I can't wait for that race to come on. I might as well just backtrack for a second, but I just can't wait for that race. I think it, I think they pushed it back to this Friday, so if you don't have uh, an account on StaffordSpeedway.tv, feel free to get it. If you have good internet, you will not have any problems streaming it whatsoever. I've noticed that it's very good. It's the same exact feed that the track has on site for the closed circuit stuff so it's very good um then that's definitely not going to be a show you want to miss especially because i hear that there's going to be more competition showing up from stafford or at stafford from thompson and waterford regulars for that event so be sure to tune in obviously they're going to have the regular card of racing uh sk modified sk lights late models limited late models etc i know they're prepping for the open modified 80 they've been sending out notices on that for competitors and, and how to get signed up. So that's good coming from Stafford. Um, you know, one thing I do want to talk about pertaining to Stafford, and it actually deals with uh, another track that had a race over the weekend for the modified tour, and that was White Mountain Motorsports Park. 
Justin Bonsignor won at White Mountain Motorsports Park over Matt Hirschman and Doug Kobe. It seemed that Bonsignor got into the back of Hirschman with a handful of laps to go and just moved him out of the way. But if you look at the replay, it kind of looks like Hirschman bobbled on entry and really dropped the anchor. And Bonsignor didn't really have much of a chance to get on the brakes. And he just kind of drove it in regular and just pile drove the 60 right in the back of the bumper, not really anticipating him having some sort of problem. Um, that's kind of what I read from it. Uh, I didn't I didn't really see it as Justin just driving through the guy because there was a lot of laps to go. Uh, well, not really a lot, but... You know, there's like seven or eight laps to go. I know there's a caution right after that with a green-white checkered. My cat just jumped on me. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was surfing Twitter afterwards and r- listening to all the uh, angry thoughts and opinions by all the other race fans who are bleacher creatures who know nothing about driving, obviously. And, yes, they're all getting angry because they can. That's all the Internet's good for is getting angry. Um, but I listened to, or I read a lot of the... The stuff, and I came across a post from NASCAR on Reddit, from their page, and somebody had posted a picture of the grandstands at White Mountain Motorsports Park, and said something about there being 50% capacity, and tried to use it as a way of showing everybody that no, they were not in fact at 50% capacity, that they were full, and like trying to shame people who weren't wearing masks, and like there was too many people for every, and it's like, wait a minute. You know, if you people claim to like racing, why are you doing this? Like, why are you posting a picture on the internet and trying to shame this racetrack into, like, getting shut down, essentially, is what you're doing. You're basically tattling or attempting to tattle on a racetrack, which, number one, nobody on the internet counted how many people were actually there. Because let's be fair, when you take a picture and you're standing at one end of the grandstands and you're looking down the grandstands sideways at all the people, all the way down the grandstands, it doesn't matter how many people are there, it always looks fuller than it is. Like I'd I'd be sitting up in the grandstands because we'd always sit over and turn one up at Thompson and I'd be racing that night and I'd look over and I'd say, wow, the grandstands are pretty full tonight. And then I'd go out, get in my car, go out on the track for the feature. And I'd look up at the grandstands from straight on and I'd be like, holy crap, there's nobody here. Don't kid yourself. They all went home after the mod race. I didn't hate that well, I, too. being a street stock competitor, they usually hang out because we go before them. <laughs> okay. We go before them. And the mod race is always last. Like Stafford, everywhere it's always last. Um, but any, cause they're headlines, but anyway, it's like, why are you trying, if you care about racing to shame this track and almost prove to other people that they're not paying attention to the mandates and that they're over capacity and that they're not wearing masks. And essentially, like I said, these are basically race fans who are attempting to shut down a racetrack through it's canceled. I, it is. It's basically an offshoot of cancer. I don't get it. Like I don't get the idea here. They're 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 doing this because they want to be morally correct. I mean, is that important right now? That could be it. To be fair, you were you were on Reddit. Yeah. Well, Reddit is cancer, ah. like literal cancer, and Reddit is literally like the most manipulative uh, form of social media in the world. Like. You, like eight different account holders can control the entire 
website. Well, like, it's not even that, kidding. Like, it's all bots and nonsense. Like, their extreme right-wing um, Everybody gets forums. rid of the right-wing forums. Oh, yeah, but they just, like, went and banned everybody. Like, I don't know, there was one called Trump something something. Piece. I don't know. I don't remember what it was called, but one of them was, like, oh, maybe it was the Donald, I think, <laughs> that got just totally banned. And, um... There was a whole bunch of other ones, but I go on Reddit just to, like, read this stupid paranormal stuff. So much for inclusion <laughs> and opposing arguments. But like I said, nobody counted how many people were there. They just used this picture as a way to manipulate people's opinions. And then... Yeah, if you weren't there, you can't really tell. I mean, like, even as a photographer, it all depends on the lens angle and what lens you use and... You know, you can make those grandstands look super full. There are plenty of nights where I took pictures at Thompson where it looks full and it was not. I watched the NBC Gold Track Pass um, broadcast of that race. The grandstands weren't that full. And let me be honest here, okay? This is why this is manipulative. Because I went to Menadnock for the Tri-Track Open Modified Series yesterday. And obviously, in New Hampshire, it's the same state. They're under the same mandates, 50% capacity. But I looked down those grandstands, and the place looked full. But when you look straight on, there's measurable gaps between people. The thing is, is if it was 100% capacity, people would be shoulder to shoulder in every single row. Right. That wasn't that way. The boy's mocking me over there. <laughs> but no. Play my game. <laughs> He's playing Angry Birds Star Wars too. So Brent went to Manadnock with Phil. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Because it's fun to troll you. <laughs> and Phil. We I should have. You, you know what? The wife seems pretty good on the soundboard. I should have put her on tonight. <laughs> she would have had that cued right up. <laughs> But no, I mean you you sit you sit there in the grandstands, and I'm looking around me, and I'm like, there's a lot of measurable gaps between people, and they did all their ticket sales online, and you look down like the picture on Reddit, and it shows that the grandstands look packed. They look packed, but you walk down the front of the grandstands, and there's gaps between people. Was it six feet? Yes, they had everything taped out. They told people over the loudspeaker exactly where to sit. Sit on the green tape. If you're not sitting on the green tape, then it's not in the limits and we can't get shut down. And again, people were shaming everybody over masks. But in New Hampshire, if anybody cared to do any research instead of just shaming people on the Internet, going to these uh, races, masks are highly recommended but not mandatory. If it's not mandatory, then you don't force people to doing it. So if it's not mandatory, people don't have to do it. Again, I just don't understand why people who who claim to love racing would go to such lengths on the internet to try to shame it into getting shut down. It makes no sense. It just doesn't make any sense, and I don't get it. Like, why would you do this? And furthermore, this is my Stafford tie-in. There's people on the internet, again, complaining, because that's all people do on the internet is complain as if it's going to get them attention because they weren't loved as children. Um, What? They have to seek some kind of attention, right? That's why you don't see me on the internet unless I post stupid stuff or funny crap. So, <laughs> or podcast. Somebody share the podcast, please. But here's the thing if your state mandates that you wear a mask when you go there, 
just freaking abide by it. Like, take your personal beliefs about this thing. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's the government trying to trying to subjugate people. Oh, it's the... It's like, take your opinion, take your political beliefs, and shove them for a minute. Because what you're doing is you're trying to bring your own political agenda. You're trying to bring your own beliefs. You're trying to bring your own spin on this whole thing into an arena that you don't own, which is the racetrack. And by you not abiding by this, you could get it shut down, you morons. Okay? So take it. If you feel that strongly about it. Then don't go. Let somebody else who wants to go. Number one, don't go because this isn't your platform to protest. Okay? This is somebody else's business that you're trying to support so that they can stay open. Okay? And if you screw up, they get shut down. So number one, take your beliefs. Take your agenda about masks. If you don't want to wear them, don't go. But number two, if you really don't like it, go protest at the state house. Okay? Go take it there. They'll they won't listen to you anyway, but at least you can try to make your voice heard without hurting the racetrack. So please, stop complaining about having to wear a mask if you have to go to Stafford. I don't like it either. I don't like wearing a mask going into a store. I don't care. I hate it. I wear a mask. But I still do it. I still do it because I still need to buy stuff. You know, it's not like, oh, this is the first step into them taking over, into them getting... It's like, stop. It's like, you could have fun with masks, too. Like, Like, I bought bread an awesome mask with a cat with a bloody knife. It says, don't cough on me. It's too tight on my ears. I can't really wear it. I got to alter it. You wore that thing with the buttons. I didn't even wear a mask. It was New Hampshire. It wasn't mandatory, and I forgot it in my car anyway. Oh. And the car was in Massachusetts. (laughs) A lot of good that does. We're out in the open. Nobody's breathing on me because they're too far away. I feel so weird if I'm walking down the street wearing a mask, and it's just because it's kind of weird to wear it outside. Uh, yeah. I don't like wearing it outside. It's like I'm in fresh air. Anything in my breath dies from UV light within, you know, the second it leaves my mouth anyway. So that's why I only go outside on sunny days. <laughs> anyway. So, now that I got the mask nonsense out of the way, I already told you that Justin Bonson, you're one at Wait Mountain Motorsports Park. He follows me on Twitter. Bonson, your does? Yeah, for like eight years. You know what's funny is his team actually follows me on Twitter, the M3 team. Oh, really? Or his sponsor. I can't remember which one, but they still do. I checked it the other day. I'm like, holy crap. Why do you guys still do? Still I'm does. nobody. <laughs> anyway. I wonder if he still follows me because he followed me when I was doing a lot of shooting at like the different tracks. That's funny. I didn't even know that. That's really funny. Soft spot in my heart for Justin Bonson, your. What? Just because he followed me. <laughs> she just likes a successful guy, and I'm not successful. Oh, so. shut the hell up. You got, what, like five wins, right? Yeah. It's only five, and it's only one track. I'm a one-track jack so far. <laughs> I got to I gotta take myself down a peg, right? Anyway. Wait, that's what she... No, wait. No. Uh, so, anyway, I'm sure I'll have more thoughts on local racing as they come to me, but, again, I didn't write any notes this week, so screw it. I'm going off the cuff. All right. Sorry if you can all hear me drinking and eating. I just got home from work. Yeah, that's fair. Don't worry about it. But anyway, why don't we stick with the... We can stick with the mask and the COVID thing because it's not going away. Hey, He's got headphones on. Raj, what do you think about COVID-19? Because of this coronavirus, because I want it to go away. Yeah, me too. Yep. It's going to be so bad if it doesn't go. <laughs> it better go. 
Dad's already promised every one of his listeners that it would go away. But so anyway, keeping with the coronavirus news, uh, NASCAR announced last week, uh, right before the weekend, that Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, tested positive for COVID. Way to go! I don't really know if it was much as his fault, but here's the thing. But did he get it at Lowe's? <laughs> they don't sponsor him anymore. Oh my bad. <laughs> I don't watch TV. <laughs> Like ever. Who sponsors him, though? Ally Bank. Who the hell is that? I don't know. But they got money to sponsor Jimmy Johnson, and that's fine with me, because he needs to stay. But he got the COVID, and his whole family, I guess, has it or something. So I'm like, all right. Um, well, ABC News was putting out articles and, and interviews and stuff, and they were questioning if having sports occurring right now is a good idea, as if Jimmy Johnson caught it while racing NASCAR. There's no fans there. He's The protocols in place are that the drivers are all wearing masks and they get to the track and they don't even commingle with their crews and hell, the crew chiefs don't even go to the garages or the, the race shops anymore. How does this even work? So it's like the drivers basically show up with their helmet bag. They get out of their car wearing their suit. They walk to the car on the grid when it's ready to go, hop in and race it. And that's it. That sounds miserable. Like, Sounds like fun any, to me. Just get in the car any, and drive like, it. <laughs> three yeah, there is, there is, uh, but it's kind of muted. Um, you have to have a mask on, and you have to have. I don't. I don't even know if your crew can stand around you, which kind of sucks. But yeah, that's what I mean. That um, kind of sucks. It does. Uh, but anyway, like I said, ABC is trying to say that Jimmy basically infer that Jimmy Johnson like got it while racing and i'm like what evidence do you have to support that what if he got it from his family oh that's just sensationalism just bullcrap again it's just people trying to shut things down because they want to be on the correct moral ground like i said but like what good does that do like people need entertainment and when you can't prove anything about where he got it from and like i said if his whole family has it what if his wife got it going to the grocery store and, I mean, that, it is very easy to do. And, I mean, like, it could happen even if she's wearing a mask, if she touches something and doesn't get her hand disinfected or something. I don't know. I'm not a virologist or nothing like that. But it's it's entirely possible. I mean, people would probably say, oh, well, he's Jimmy Johnson. He's got millions of dollars. Why does he just hire somebody to bring the food to him or something? But what if that person had it? I don't know. You don't know. But, like I said, stop... I just wish people would just stop pushing the idea that, like, we shouldn't be doing anything and that we shouldn't be, everything is happening because we're doing things and people should be shamed and things should be shut down. And it's like, I'm not killing the entire country. Like, every single racetrack would fail. Like, every single one. It's like... Every, Every single sport would fail. Every business would fail. It's like, we can't just stay shut down. They screwed it up so bad from the start with all of this stuff that doesn't even make any sense. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. Our governor shut down inland beaches, like ponds and lakes, and not oceans. What the hell? Why'd he shut those down anyway? Why? Did, why? Like, that doesn't make sense. If it was some kind of mandate, like, everyone has to stay in their house for two weeks, that's much more clear. And not necessarily easy to follow, but at least your expectations are clear and they make sense. Right. But meanwhile, we have all these phases. It's like, oh, well, you know, grocery stores are essential, and so are liquor stores, but antique stores are not. Well, they're all stores. Right. I mean, 
It's not like there's a lot of people in an antique store at any given time. Not like Walmart, where everybody's going because they can't shop anywhere else. Well, when everybody commingles in one store, you should be able to commingle in all of them. I think we've all touched on all this crap for months on end. I mean, it's just endless at this point. But but this you know, is why the second wave, if it comes, when it comes, is it here? Are we still in the first the, wave? The, Who the, the hell knows? The problem this is the, why it's going to be so bad, because they can't make up their minds over anything. The problem is with the wave thing, it's like... you should, We're doomed. I know this is a racing podcast and we just got off the COVID train again. <laughs> but one quick thought. Testing has increased by so much that you're probably going to find more than what we thought. And I guarantee the death rate drops and the number of asymptomatic carriers or antibody carriers increases, which is what we're finding now anyway. And the overall number is probably going to increase. It's just going to happen. When you test more people, you get a larger sample size. You're going to find out more stuff. It just happens. Also, it's not our, saying it spread faster or anywhere. I mean, it's going to spread anyway. Our people state are dumb. Is one of two in the nation that actually has decreasing COVID cases or whatever. Yeah, and our economy is absolutely tanked and all the businesses are shut down. But great, we stopped COVID. <laughs> well, did we stop it? I mean, all the other states are rising again. And it's like, well, is it just a matter of time before ours starts again, to rise too? Again, it could be just a, it could be a jump in the number of tests being handed out we don't know we're not you know like i said i'm not trusting anybody who wants to be shut down all the time it's like we can't shut down forever i'm sorry you know what i think about covid if masks are really good just wear a mask everywhere then you know what i think about covid what's that Uh. (laughs) 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 know what i think of covid what there's a good, there's a good mic peek for everybody. I can go. Caution. Too. Sorry about your ears. Caution, headphone users, beware. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Anyway, again, I'm just pissed that you know people just can't st- can't seem to stay away from the idea that we need to shame people and and jump to conclusions instead of just like saying, oh, you know, maybe he caught it somewhere else. Like when Move did on. cancel culture become a thing? I smoke. Oh, it's just been it's just been creeping into the human vernacular and the human condition over years and years and it started around obama era and it's just kept getting bigger and bigger and i can't stand it if you fart sideways you get canceled by somebody it's like god forbid you say something 40 years ago it'll come back to haunt you even if it was different times back then but i digress okay so i think i'll get back into the idea of like racing can you hear smoky purring who knows i'll figure it out in the edit i'll get back to racing because it's a racing podcast i already wasted enough people's time with covid talk again i thought i'd laid off that but i can't stay away from it so anyway uh i actually did watch the indy car race i had it on uh while i was trying to fix my car because um because it's a ford i have to like remove a wheel in order to service the air conditioning but it's first on race day it's found on road dead first on race day um ford's only rolled downhill i cleaned that one up (laughs) (laughs) but no um so i had to i had that on in the background so i was actually uh charging my air conditioning and i snapped a lug stud putting my wheel back on because apparently a harbor freight earthquake uh impact gun is so strong it'll snap wheels uh wheel studs (laughs) apparently so i figured that out and i guess their advertising is correct but whatever so i had the whole brake assembly torn apart in my car so i was kind of outside my garage because the race car is inside the garage but i had the indycar race on in the background 
they raced at the um, IndyCar road course. And I noticed that it's a little bit different looking than it used to be in past iterations. And I kind of like it quite a bit. Um, I know that Scott Dixon won, but if you asked me anything else about the race, I just, I missed it. I was, like I said, I was too busy working outside and getting roasted in the sun all day trying to fix literally one lug stud on my car so that I could drive it to work. I had to drive my truck to work that day because I didn't have a car to drive. Which is a nightmare in itself because I think the rear differentials needing service on my truck. What? Yeah. So, like, I think the clutch packs in the limited slipper going, and my brother's truck had that done, and he he said he had a vibration in it, and I I had to help him fix that, and he said it was good after that. So I'm kind of thinking that's what it is because it used to. Oh. Hello, this Phil. is why he wants Phil's truck. This is why he wants Jesse's truck. This is no, no, no. I don't want Jesse's truck. truck. I already have the same thing. <laughs> I just want a new truck. That's all. <laughs> the wife doesn't want me buying anything, which is probably the smartest thing to do. <laughs> I like your truck. I don't because oh shush. It's if anybody wants a twelve valve Cummins with. Decent miles on it with a rebuilt transmission, and everything's going to be, and everything's going to be rebuilt on it with quite minimal rust for the years. Uh, DM me. Uh, oh my God, like <laughs> DM me next year when I'm ready to buy something. I like your truck. <laughs> it's just, it's super reliable. It's just that it had a leak in it, and I had to pull all the carpet out of it because I had to fix that. And when I fixed it. Then it's like, all right, well, I'll tackle all the rust in it. So I tackled all the rust in it. Then I rebuilt the transmission. Then I got new tires for it. And then I got new shocks for it. And all the, it's like brand new. You want to know how much my it's boss just It's just too loud. The shop. <laughs> I work in an antique shop. And like we, my mother and I found this Gulf gasoline sign on the side of the road. Oh, this thing was huge Oh too. my God, it was so big. And I gave it to the owners of the shop where... I work because they forgave two months of rent due to being closed for COVID. And, um, which was super cool of them. It by was the way. super cool of them because they didn't my have rent to do that. Is, like I have two booths and a showcase. Like I pay a lot of rent there. And so Brent brought it to the shop one day and I heard your truck when it was like, you can't miss this truck. It's a 12 valve Cummins with a four inch turbo back exhaust with one Magnaflow like bullet muffler. But on you were it. like easily a block away. And I was like, oh, Brett's here. And like my boss was like, what? You can hear it from here? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's definitely here. Let me text him. And, oh, and I if I honk, him, he was, yeah, if he I honk on it, it's got, a, uh, it's got a heavier wastegate spring in it, and it's got a bigger fuel plate. So, yeah, if you honk on it, the thing whistles like a jet motor. Definitely it's freaking sounds hilarious. like a school bus. It is a, I call it the school bus all the time because it's as long as a school bus. It sounds just like one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like the old school buses we had with kids. <laughs> it's, it's, it runs like a clock, though. It's, it's amazing. It's really awesome. Like, when I was pregnant with Roger and I was going yard sailing with it, I'm, like, out to here, eight months pregnant, going to yard sales, picking up kitchen chairs for us and stuff, and I would get out of your truck at a yard sale, and they would just look at me. I was as big as your truck. Yeah, you had to climb out of that thing, oh, too. My it's God. not even lifted. It's just that tall. Yep. Like, it had the old man step on the side that you could use to get into it. You took them off. I took them off because I couldn't get the transmission out from under the truck but I'm sure with those things in the way. But I'm sure you put them back on. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because, Why? Because it looks a lot less like an old man truck now. So. But you're 37. I'm 37. I'm not old. Please, somebody get that. 
It's a Monty Python reference. Old woman! Man. Man, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 37, I'm not old. I can't just call you man. Could say Dennis. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we like Monty Python in this house. Yeah, I wish I'd pulled that up now instead of just money. making... Instead of just making sounds. Whatever. Anyway, so getting back to racing, because I keep getting sidetracked, but that's okay. It's my podcast, and I don't care. Nobody listens anyway. After the IndyCar race on Saturday, they had a nice double header with the Xfinity Series, which has obviously been putting on the best racing in NASCAR, bar none, all year long. <laughs> and it's because of the package, and we all know it. But nobody will admit it, and nobody will use it in Cup. Everybody's like, oh, low downforce, high horsepower has been done before. And it's like, no, it hasn't. Low downforce, high horsepower has been done to the point of 900 horsepower. Oh, stopped. Not like 600 horsepower. So <laughs> why don't you just try that instead? You know, we can peg the horsepower back and put a lower spoiler on it and just try it. Whatever. Nobody listens anyway. Um, Sorry, I wasn't listening. That's fine. Um Fine. So, again, the Xfinity Series, they got taken off the oval at Indianapolis. It brought back the debate of, these guys should be racing at IRP again. I agree. I think them and the Truck Series should race at IRP. It's a great little racetrack. It brings back the roots of what the series used to be. But they brought them to the Indy Road Course, which the Indy Cars ran on right before them. And, man, that was a good show. Like, that was just a really fun race to watch. Um, it got really exciting at the end. You had all the road course guys who are very good at that discipline, like AJ Allmendinger and, uh, Austin Sindrick and, uh, Chase Briscoe. And I think even Noah Gregson was there at the end. Um, but I believe Chase Briscoe brought down the win. I think it was his fourth or fifth win of the year. I think it was his fifth. Yeah, it was his fifth win of the year. And I believe he's the only Stuart Haas entry in the Xfinity Series. He is probably, and I put it up on Twitter, he's probably the one driver in the top series of NASCAR, like top three or four series of NASCAR, who is proving his worth more than anybody else. And he's making probably the most of his opportunity than any other driver. And somebody mentioned, I believe Brian Tagg mentioned that Tyler Reddick is another driver who does that. And I agree to an extent because Tyler Reddick is not winning races yet, but he's also finishing better than that car has in the past. However, you could also argue that because it's a Chevy and the Chevy's got a new body, that's also contributing to their success. I mean, look at what Bubba Wallace has been able to do with a single car team uh, this year. I think he finished ninth this Sunday at Indianapolis. So he did really well. He's been finishing up front more and more. But Tyler Reddick is still a killer driver, and to be a rookie in Cup Series and being able to f be running in the top five consistently, he might not finish there all the time, but he does get good runs. Uh, yeah, he is making the most of an opportunity. He's definitely inking a contract. I mean, that's just like it, you might as well be, you know, putting an extension on it when you put in good runs. Because that's what keeps you in the top level of NASCAR and its performance. And the kid can perform. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Kale Yarbrough, just in his stance and how he drives. It's 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 a lot of fun to watch him. But I still maintain the fact that Chase Briscoe is probably 
the top prospect right now. He's got five wins in the Xfinity Series, and let's be fair, there aren't really a lot of slouches in the Xfinity Series. There's still a lot of really decent talent down there. And again, he's the only car out of that stable at Stuart Haas, and they're doing yeoman's work. They're putting in a lot of... He's winning on short tracks, big tracks, road courses. He's winning everywhere. He's making the most of an opportunity. It's fantastic to watch. But good on him. I... I'm looking for, I look forward to the Xfinity race more than the cup race now at this point. So if Steve O'Donnell, if you're listening, you're not, but take the spoilers off the cup cars. Come on, let's go, let's go have some fun. You don't have to make them high horsepower. Just have fun. It seems to be working in the Xfinity series. So whatever. I'm just a short track racer and a fan. I, my opinion is less than meaningless to them. So whatever. Give all the cup drivers limited sportsmen's. Make them all race sportsman cars. Hell yes. Open differential. Mini stocks too. Nah, they're too boring. Sorry, mini guys. <laughs> you have a secret soft spot for minis. I do. I will always stick around for the mini race. Oh, every time. Every time. I always feel and like not you just, just didn't have enough laps. And not just because of who's in it. I will stick around and watch them because I love them. I mean, like 15 laps in a mini just kind of sucks. I mean, you can't really get anywhere. Not at Thompson, no. No. They give like, them 25 at Waterford, which is a good number because they're almost as fast as sportsmen or just as fast as sportsmen at Waterford, which is hilarious. Um, like if but they just have more 20, grip. So. You know, 20 would be awesome. They just need more cars to do 20, I think. Their their car their car counts are way down. No, nah, but they don't give a crap. Yeah, I know. So don't Stafford care. should so pick whatever. up minis. I already made that point last week. I know. I listened. That's <laughs> Good. why I made it again. Stafford, we know you're listening, you stalkers. No, they're not listening. Yes, they, they don't are. they don't care about they what I totally say. They totally are. No, they're they not. They copy everything you do. <laughs> <laughs> because you say something and oh look, Stafford says the same thing like 15 minutes later. No, don't th- think we don't no, see what they you're doing. Don't. Yes, when they was the last do. time they did? I don't know, but they have done it in the past a few times. That's just coincidence. That's what you think. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. They like you. Well, they should because I'm coming to. I'm coming soon with my car He's to put on a for show. You. Yes, I am. Hard. I am very hard. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! What? We didn't say any dirty words. <laughs> I can't no, stop not laughing. Not any bad words. You made this. He's not listening. We swear to God, he's got headphones on so he can play Angry Birds Star Wars too. See, he's making the Angry Birds noises. We're in the clear here. Our son has no idea that Angry Birds Star Wars is not real Star Wars. Yeah, he's got to. He's no. You got to. He's got to figure out that Star Wars, the actual Star Wars, is different from Angry Birds. We have to teach him. Yeah, he's like. But that's not every time I try to read him a Star Wars story. He's like, that's not. That's not the birds and the pigs. It's like no, no, it's not birds. It's and not pigs. birds and pigs. It's the it's the actual movie Star Wars. Don't don't sell me on the books, okay, people. I'm not that big a dork. Okay, so ouch. I am nursing a sunburn on my legs, and so is Phil because we're dumb, and we use sunscreen on our arms and necks, and that well, I did it on my neck and my ears. But I didn't put it on my face, which is a little tingly today, but it's not too bad. And I didn't put it on my legs, which looks like a lobster in exactly one place on both of my legs. That doesn't look like that should hurt all that much. Why would you slap yourself? <laughs> Why would you even do that? I just if it if you smack your leg where a sunburn is and it hurts, then it's bad. It's like the size of a grapefruit. Like it's really not as bad as you think. It looks a little weird. Well, I'm usually smarter than that, but meh, whatever. So we're nursing sunburns because we went up to Manadnock yesterday, and I'd never been to Manadnock, and I, 
it, mostly because it's like two and a half hours from my house and playing the weather game to make sure you get there. And like I work on Saturdays, so I think they usually run on Saturday. I'm not too sure, but I couldn't really get there on Saturday because it would. I'd have to take the Saturday off, and then I'd have to drive two and a half hours up there. So it's like kind of a haul, and it's like, eh, it's just hard to do. It's I, I never got up there, but I took the time yesterday. They ran on a Sunday. They were in the Tri Track Open Modified Series at Monadnock, and it was. I, we bought our tickets online, which was the mandate for New Hampshire. We had to buy online. We got there before the mandate cut us off at 50%, so we both got tickets. And we were treated to a pretty good show. Now, I do have a couple of uh, critiques, I believe, uh, if Manadnock even cared about my critiques. But um, I noticed that when they had Speedy Dry, the guys using the... Like, they didn't have a lot of tow trucks. They only had, like, one tow truck and one flatbed, and they were put to work. <laughs> They really were put to work. Uh, there was a lot of wrecks, uh, a lot of cars getting damaged, a lot of cars having to get taken off the track, but it took forever because they only had two tow trucks. And again, one was a boom truck and one was a flatbed. So if you flatbed something, it takes forever, but that's all they got. So they had to use it and it didn't have the, the wheel lift on the back. So they couldn't do anything with that either. So it's like, all right, well, I also noticed that whenever a car like leaked oil or something, they didn't have the really fine speedy dry that looks like a powder that can really suck the moisture or dirt or not dirt that could really suck the moisture or oil or whatever's on the racetrack out really quick. What they would use, what they were using was like bags of oil dry, the really heavy granular stuff that's like sold at Napa. And that stuff doesn't work very quickly. That's for like a spill on your garage floor. So it can sit there and just kind of sop it up. It's not really for like racetrack use. So I've, my critique is, like, find a different speedy dry because you'll get that track cleaned a lot faster. Um, one of the mini stocks blew up and came through turn four, like, above the white line because they don't have walls, like, right on the racetrack. They have them pushed back. So there is kind of a runoff area. Sorry if you can hear my cat yowling in the background. But mm -hmm. this car blew up and came through turn four. And, like... All they did was like pour the speedy dry at the puddle where the car came to rest, and they basically left all the oil on the the upper lip of the track. Oh dear! Because it's way out of the racing groove, so they just kind of left it there. Like, well, if anybody gets into it, they're already in trouble. So it's like, all right, well, <laughs> again, it's just the the quality of the speedy dry is not really what you need at a racetrack. That's just kind of like I said, that's going to help with speed and getting the race back to normal quicker um we were watching i think they had mini stocks and they had uh sportsman or uh, street stock cars which were the new hampshire i think they're nhstra up there and they had the late model sportsman or something like that and they had their oh their modified division is like it's like an sk style division but i really like the rules and i think it's the nhstra mods and they're basically an SK modified, but they've got a 604 crate. And I think they run two different types of four barrels, depending on the weight of the car. I think there's two separate rules. I have to look into it. But it looked like from the grandstands, a 600 or a 650 carburetor. That's what I could tell from the grandstands. I'm not sure. Again, somebody will probably DM me that. But they had 604 crate engines. And let me tell you, they didn't look any different speed-wise than an SK. And I was watching a couple of these guys with these 604s, 
and they were going out against the tri-track cars, and they were keeping up with tour mods. I mean, I know it's a small track, but, I mean, they were kind of keeping up. I mean, they weren't last at all. It was fantastic to watch. I think that they really need to kind of incorporate, like, if you're going to run a, a crate engine and a modified, a 604 is a great idea because that's, like, the highest horsepower small block Chevy style crate engine you can buy but they're super cheap and they're durable they last forever they run them in super late models or pro late models down south just a real good cost saver I know a lot of people don't really buy into the crate engine idea but when you got a lot of power out of it well and it saves a lot of money then you're going to bring racers in because it's going to be a lot more reliable and it's going to be a lot more powerful I know I can talk about crate engines because Jesse's not here so uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But um, but I really like those rules. And I noticed that their SK chassis were a little older. And a lot of Spafcos. Uh, you don't see a lot more Spafcos around here than anything else. But up there, you certainly did. I guess they turn on that track real good. So uh, anyway, we were, Phil and I were up in the turn four grandstands, and we were watching the tri-track race and – or heat races, I'm sorry. And uh, coming up for a restart, I forget which heat race it was, uh, George Savory in the 99 – I think he hopped a wheel on somebody, and it it almost felt like the throttle hung open on the thing because that thing just went straight into the outside wall, and it was like a 90-degree hit. Like, he hit, like, one of the crash test dummies and just went straight in at a high rate of speed coming off of turn four. And I, it was – I've been in racing for 20-plus years, and not a lot of wrecks really kind of frightened me. That one kind of did. But luckily, George got out of it. He was all right. He had all the proper safety equipment. We watched him hit. He barely moved in that car. So if there was a race on, bud, I would have it on, trust me. Um, But I don't have – my TV doesn't work right now. So, Um, But, yeah, luckily George was okay. They towed the car off, and the thing looked like a banana. It looked bad. Um, Front end was way up in the air. But um, we were treated to a really good race. We were sitting behind – a couple of friends and fans of uh, Les Hinckley. And Les ended up taking the lead at the end of the race. And, man, they just could not finish this race. We were sitting behind the Les Hinckley fans. And, man, when Craig Lutz came through turn four on the last lap and essentially drove through Les Hinckley to win that race, the disappointment in that section was palpable. I mean, basically, we stood up and just, like, walked out. We didn't sit and listen to what... Craig had to say and it it kind of it's just kind of disappointing to see a race end like that I mean yeah it's exciting and all but like when Les is out there and he got to his position by racing guys hard and not really cleaning guys out or knocking them out of the way or shoving them or hitting them or anything just hard short track racing and then this kid just comes out of nowhere and just pile drives him and drives over top of him basically and and beats him to the line it's just there's no talent in that in my eyes i'm sorry but it's yeah oh we're going for wins and it's like yeah but you're you're basically sacrificing respect for wins and i can't get on that train i can't i i really can't be with that sort of mindset i i don't believe in it i've never believed in it um when like i said i i'm all for short track racing and beating and banging and, and rubbing wheels and fenders and stuff but when you flat drive through somebody to win a race, let me tell you, back in the day, that would get your ass beat. 
like you'd you probably wouldn't even make it to the parking lot. And nowadays people just get a stern talking to, and I think they just got to bring back fighting. So that would stop a lot of it. <laughs> Let them fight it out. That would probably stop a lot of this disrespect on the racetrack. And I just, like I said, I just can't, I can't get, I can't get behind that. I'm just, nope, sorry, Craig, but I know you won and you know, your, your star is growing brighter by winning, but it's just not by the way I think it should be done. So anyway, moving on, uh, we were keeping track of the cup race at Indianapolis while we were up there because, well, I was, Phil doesn't have any signal up there. I had two bars, but whatever, because my cameras on my house kept going off every five minutes whenever a tree tree limb blew across the garage or a bee flew in front of the front door camera or something it would yeah, just I go off kind of playing with the sensitivity because i was like hey we don't see cars going by in the middle of the night anymore it's because they don't really go by in the middle of the night. they do but now we don't see them ghost cars <laughs> it's like it's pretty bad when we can't even see the neighbor's cats on our back porch yeah but they come in the daytime they're always locked up at night but we Fisher cats will eat them. We want to see the kitty cats. But I was trying to keep track of, like, the cup race. And apparently, by the time we got out, the race had either just finished or was still going. And that was close to 9 o'clock at night. It's like, oh, that's late. But, so Kevin Harvick won the Brickyard 400 after, I won't say, a, well, I would have said a wild race, but it wasn't that wild, but the wrecks were pretty wild. Um, two very heavy hits by Eric Jones and Denny Hamlin, uh, one by Alex Bowman that wasn't as heavy, but still kind of hurt. Um, they both lost, well, Jones and Hamlin both lost right front tires. I believe, um, Bowman lost a right front, but he didn't hit as hard as the other two. Um, and I saw the pundits again, uh, people complaining on, on Twitter and Instagram, or Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they're all saying, oh, well, you wanted to see tire fall off. And it's like, popping tires is not tire fall off, you idiot. <laughs> it's like, do you not get it? No, tire fall off means the tires wear out and they don't grip as much, not blow out. There's a difference. There's a big difference. So if you don't know anything about racing, just don't open your mouth, okay? Sit there and, and drink your beer and be a good little fan. Um, so Hamlin was leading with like seven to go. Uh, blew the right front. You saw the the flap, the, the air duct flap for when they spin around backwards. That blew off the car, and you knew something was wrong, and he just went f straight into the turn one wall. Both Jones and Hamlin had fire under their cars after they hit. Luckily, the suppression systems in these cars are really good now, and they got it knocked out by the time they even got out of the car. Um, I got to mention, um, I, I didn't get his name. Uh, because I went on air before they released it, but the rear tire changer on Ryan Blaney's car uh, got hit during that pit road fracas uh, really early on in the race. I think five or six cars got wrecked on the entrance of pit road when somebody checked up and everybody piled into each other. The rear tire changer on Ryan's car got hit by the 15 of Brendan Poole, who was trying to avoid the wreck, yeah. and uh, I believe he broke uh, something in his knee, or no, he didn't break, he fractured it, so it's cracked in his knee but the it was pretty frightening to see um you watch this jack man see what was happening he literally jumps up over top and onto the roof of ryan blaney's car and the jack or the the rear tire changer tries to duck the thing and gets sandwiched in between him and blaney's car and he's still conscious his helmet got knocked off 
and basically he knows his leg is injured, but he kind of like three-legged scoots behind the car and just like rolls out of the way. Um, he was smiling and laughing when they loaded him into the ambulance, but that could have been a really bad situation. But Brendan Poole was, I'm not blaming him for anything because that was kind of a weird situation, but he did a pretty good job of recognizing, crap, I'm really close to this car, and he kind of turned to the right last minute, and uh, that probably saved him. If he'd sandwiched him in, right in between the car, he probably would have got killed, but uh, he did leave a little bit of a gap, so that was very lucky. Um, as for the race itself, I thought the race was actually pretty good. I know these people, again, all the complainers on the internet that I keep mentioning, they like to talk about how much the race is boring, Oh, the race is boring. It's all in single file. It's this and that. It's, I didn't notice any difference in the quality of racing from this cup race to like any normal modern Indy 500. Guys were drafting, mostly single file, but they could still catch each other. And it's like, I don't see any difference in any of the two races. I thought they were great. I still don't like the big spoiler because I think it's kind of crap. They have way too much corner speed. And they're blowing tires and probably destroying cars because they have too much corner speed. they got to take some downforce away so that they can make these guys drive these things. You'll still get them to draft, but they'll still be a good... Again, this is something I harp on all the time. Good racing happens organically. It's part of the package. you just got to deal with it. Every single package and everything you do to a race car, is it's going to have its own subtle nuances, and it's going to have its own little thing that you like or don't like. And... Like I said, good racing just happens organically. Just put it back in the driver's hands. We can't have this high downforce crap. I hate it. But, again, I didn't notice much difference in the in the type of racing from the IndyCar, like Indy 500, and that race because a lot of drafting, a lot of lane changes. Restarts were pretty good. Um, but, anyway, I thought it was pretty good. And I know the ratings, apparently, from the last Brickyard 400 were up, I think, 40%. Um, but you got to look at the last race that went up against the NFL last year. So who knows? They're pretty transparent with the figures when it comes to like being up against other sports and what to factor in to think about when it comes to the ratings and stuff. So I believe, God, I think that's all I got for this week. Where are we at? Oh my God. We're at about an hour. Wow. So, so yeah, um, quick update on myself. Because I don't give a, I don't, I don't take enough pictures or do enough online to, to talk about it. But I got parts coming. It's gonna take a few weeks for my fuel cell to, you know, come by because it's being scratch built by FuelSafe. They just make every one to order, and I know they don't have a bunch on the shelf because when you have to have something FIA certified or SFI certified, it has to be scratch built to order. You can't just let it sit on a shelf or the dating or the SFI certification kind of gets dated and you don't want to spend that much money on something that has that kind of uh, deal where you've got to have a specific date. Like if you're going to buy a fuel cell with a six year uh, certification on it and it sat on a shelf for a year, you're basically paying full price for a fuel cell with only five years of certification. It's like I said, this is why they scratch build them. So I got to wait for it. Um, I'm still searching through the rule book. Still uh, basically just piddling around. I mean, I'm trying to get through the hot months. I don't want to, if I'm going to race once or twice, I'm not going to race when it's 95 degrees out. <laughs> to hell with that. If I'm chasing a championship, sure, I'll slug a couple Gatorades and get in the car, but 
if I'm doing this for myself and I'm having fun doing it, then I'm just going to do it when I want. And I like racing in the cold. It's nice out. <laughs> it's nicer to race in the cold unless you're freezing like that one year at the World Series when it was 30 and my seat doesn't have padding and it has holes in it because it's lightweight. <laughs> so it's freezing. That's all I got for this week. Wife, you got anything? I don't think so. I do. What do you got, boy? Any final I thoughts? I this map because it's so far. Can't get the Angry Birds map? I can't get it. Oh, you'll get it. Well, my wife is playing the Blues Brothers music here, so I guess that's my cue to go. So you can find this podcast uh, at Making Laps Podcast on Instagram, facebook.com slash Podcast. If you need any links to listening platforms, because we are on all major podcast platforms, you can find those at gleasonbrosracing.com. I can't get over... Isn't this the Peter Gunn theme? Yes. Oh, that's what it is. I thought it was the Blues Brothers theme for some reason. Oh, jeez. I just totally made myself look dumb. Anyway, so that's my cue to go. So keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thanks for listening.